0: Session. We just want to welcome you as yes, my wife has done that, Bazalwane. Um A lot of you have been writing some messages. And then finally, we had to, to bow down and, and, and submit to the request. But I know there are guys who are coming from Deben as well here. Wave your hands all the way from Teguini. Guys, we really celebrate you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And then Puluguwa uh, uh, Bloomfontein. We've got Bloomfontein all the way from Bloomfontein. And then welcome, welcome. And then Mpumalanga, Lana as well. And Mpumalanga, look at that. Look at that. Mpumalanga. Uh, I think it's in a two, but a free state as well. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. got us welcome All of you. All of you. And then um, you are most welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you uh, for traveling all the way to be a part of this. We don't take this for granted. And it is such an honor for us that we can come and serve. As my wife said, one iron sharpens another. It's all about, you know, encouraging one another, becoming a blessing to one another. You know, so we pray that may the good God and then do us good. So we've got a nice program that we have put aside um, uh, uh, for us this morning. You always receive a more question. People say, can I sit with you, you know, one-on-one? And I'm asking myself if I'm gonna sit with everybody one-on-one. I may not have time for all of us. So that is why we also have this session. Some of the questions that people have, you know, the media team can answer that. Some of the questions that the, the youth department, uh, the, the youth leader will, will answer that. So that is why we made sure that bring your team, and then if they've got some question in other departments, and then they can answer that. So we just want to beat two, you know, two bids this time with one stone. So the, 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 the team, while we're preparing this, they said, is let's talk about church on the cutting edge. Church on the cutting edge, and um, the spirit, you know, just led me to something else this morning. But if I have to define the, the cutting edge, it simply means the, the, the sharp edge of something that is used to cut things. So when we say church on the cutting edge, we are talking that that sharp end of a of a knife or of an axe. We are not supposed to be at the end, but we are supposed to be at the cutting edge. We are the ones who are on the forefront. I I don't know and uh, who said we must actually be uh, at the back as the church of Jesus. But you realize that the theology that we have received over the years, it has actually channeled us as a body of Christ. You know, to to take a back seat and to be a good boy, to be a good girl, a holy uh, somebody and, and don't be on the forefront. And that has been troubling me for some time while I was in a, a space of prayer. Uh, unfortunately, I, I was believing God that the book will be available today, but the printers and the designers, they've delayed because there's a, a copy of a book, a book that will be released probably next week. We miss the deadline by a few days. Because we wanted to be a blessing to you, and do you have that copy that we can show the the book, and then you can make an order of it, um, and then that can be delivered, and then into your office. Because we strongly feel we need to empower the church. But allow me in the next few minutes, as a part of encouragement, we'll also have a panel—not a panel, but where we're gonna have um, Q and A. Uh, so that we can give people an opportunity to ask some questions if you have some. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk to you under this topic, you are anointed for more. You are anointed for more. Understand that as a leader, as a pastor, as the worker, as a child of God, you are anointed for more for more. Praise the name of Jesus. Maybe you may need to look at the person next to you and tell them that you are anointed for more. Yeah. You know, it breaks my heart that over the years when I looked at the body of Christ, we thought anointing was just for spiritual things only. Yeah. We channel the anointing only uh, to deal namatimoni. We're very powerful in dealing matrimony when it comes to anointing. Just like this woman you know, the, the, the wife of, of a prophet who went to, to prophet Elijah and say, your servant, you know, my husband, it is dead. And now they have come for my children. She had a domestic problem. She had a financial problem. Yet the husband was anointed. Come on. Yet the husband was anointed. But look at the prophet, how he deals with the matter. He says, what can I do for you? What do you have in your house? She did not answer the first question, what can I do for you? Because that is the question that has paralyzed many people. But she decided to answer the second question, you know, I have a little oil. And the man of God said, that is more than enough. You know the story. Go, go to your house. Go and borrow vessels, start pouring into these vessels. At the end of the day, the man of God says to to this woman, when she says, now it's enough, this oil has ceased, because there is another sermon on its own. God will not continue to pour when there's no vessel. And then after, the man of God says, go pay your debts and live with the rest. You see what the anointing does? Now she solved her domestic problem with the anointing. And also the financial problem. Also the future problem. Probably even the business was also created or established because of the anointing. But unfortunately for years, the body of Christ. The anointing is demonstrated only when we are faced with the demons. We are spiritual giants, but when it comes to the other areas, we cannot handle. Now, once again, I want you to look at the person next to you and say, you are anointed for more. <laughs> Let me give you these four, 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 four quotations so that if I don't finish, but you've got the, the meat of the session. Is that okay? Now, look at the first one. Here is the first statement. What you don't know about yourself will compromise the quality of the life you live. Did you hear what I said, Basalwan? What you don't know about yourself will compromise the quality of the life that you live. If you don't know what is in the inside of you, you will settle for less. You will settle for what is given unto you because you don't know what is in the inside of you. Okay. Now the second thing, the second thing, the second thing, everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. Let me add something in that statement. God will never demand more from where he has not deposited more. God will never demand more to somebody that he has not deposited more. So, If much has been given unto you, much will be required from you. But if you don't know that you are anointed for more, or you don't know what you have, you will never even step into much. Because you consider yourself not having much. Look at the third quotation here. Look at the third quotation. Don't settle for what life gives you. Make life better and build something. But I love the first statement. Don't settle for what life gives you. Sometimes we settle for what life gives us. And then we accept that as our destiny. We accept that, you know, as a gift from God and say, this is what I can can do. This is what I'm capable of. This is what God has given unto me. This is what life has given unto me. And then this is my portion. Like a, a person who has divorced and said, This is me, I'm a divorcee. You even introduce yourself, I am so and so, I'm a divorcee. Now you have settled for what life has given unto you. You are not what life has done to you. You are not what life has done to you or what life has given unto you. That is what life can do. But never define yourself based on what life has given unto you. That is just what life can do. But you are not what life has done to you. And unfortunately, most of us, we accept that and say, this is who am I? You are not what life has done to you. You are more than that. But if you are not careful, you can settle for what life has done to you and say, this is me. That's what life has done. But don't settle for that. Number four, there is no passion to be found in settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. If you settle for what you are not or for less, you will never find passion. You will never be motivated. You will never be full, fulfilled because you have settled for less. Unless there's no passion. Unless there's no fulfillment. There's nothing that will ever come from something that you have settled, which is less. Now, here is my favorite one. Those of you who have been with us for some time, I think you know this one. That is my favorite Quotation. A ship in a harbor is safe. But that is not what ships are built for. You know, this is my favorite one. A ship in a harbor. The writer says they are very safe there. They are very safe. They are at peace there. Aeroplane. Airport, it is very safe. But that thing was never made to be at the harbor. Can I speak to somebody this morning? You know, there are people who are so comfortable at the harbor. Because it is safe at the harbor. But the truth is, you were never created to be at the harbor. You were never created to be on the safe zone. We love to be at the harbor. But at the harbor, there is nothing that will ever be achieved. Can I put it to you? You were created, you know, to go into the waves, to face the waves, you know, to face the storms, to go into the deep. That is what a ship was built for. But many of us, we have just camped here. Lord, if you can give me a building. And then we camp right there. There are many people who are doing so well before they had a building until god bless them with a building and a mercedes bends okay. i do not even want anybody to tamper with you. i need to protect this Look how much you have worked. People, they want you to remain at the harbor. And it's more safe here. You were never created to be at the harbor. You were never created to be at the harbor. Did you know that? Impala, the African Impala, can jump to a height of over 3 to 4 meters and cover a distance of greater than 9 to 10 meters. This is an African Impala. Can jump to 3 to 4 meters high and cover a space of 9 to 10 meters at a goal. This Impala, African Impala. Yet the researchers, this is what they've discovered. They said, these creatures can be kept in an enclosure zoo with a one-meter wall. One-meter wall. And the researcher goes on. It says, the animals will not jump if they cannot see where their feet will land. these folks. Isn't it amazing that this sheep can jump three to four meters and cover a space of nine to ten meters at a goal. But here they are, they are at the zoo, you know, just covered in one meter so that they cannot see where they can land to cover their eyes. Oh, can I speak to somebody this morning? I think there is somebody this morning you are capable of jumping, you are capable of covering you know some distance, but the devil you know what he has done he has put you in a wall just off a meter so that you don't see what God has given unto you for too long for too long, Church of Jesus, we have settled for a lie. we have been told we cannot jump this place and you have believed that and said this is my life, I belong to a zoo. I I belong to this place. My life must just be here. I cannot do more than that. Oh, but this morning I unleashed somebody. I want to say you are called for greater things. You are called for more things. There is more in you. You are anointed for more. Refuse to settle for less. You know, less is not your portion. Less, it is not of you. You are anointed for more. That is your design. That is your calling. Called to go higher. The devil is the liar. I always said the devil and his mother-in-law, if he has one, they are liars. I refuse to settle for less. I refuse to remain in this place where God has not called me to be. Let me go deeper. And Black man, you have believed lies for too long. You have believed lies for too long. This more. But I want to tell you, these things have been troubling me for years and say, why beautiful churches, beautiful auditorium, should be identified with white people only? For years. And I'm not saying this with pride, I'm saying this with humility. For years, there was that thing. Why only white folks? I've got, nothing, I've got nothing against white folks. But it always troubled me to say, why when you want to speak about excellence, you want to speak about beauty, you want to speak about greatness, it's only found in white communities. And until now, we have settled. Yesterday, I got a video, you know, of these nine churches in one street. I don't know which communities is there. Nine streets, no, one, one street, nine churches. Good strategy, one. Nine churches. While people were counting the, the building of these churches, I looked at the landscape. Terrible. Grass all over. Littering all over. And I'm saying to myself, Lord, when you speak of littering and confusion, is the thing that must be connected to black folks and whatever is excellent must be connected to white folks what's wrong with us if paul now we stand against that curse Lord. We stand against that curse. We stand against that curse. As a matter of fact, the curse is broken. The curse is broken. If there was a curse, the curse is broken. Let alone my leaders. Once again, I'm saying this with humility. If God can take a boy from Sitama section, a Shangani boy who was taught how to read at the age of 15, and then we have achieved this by the grace of God, listen to me. You can do it. Listen to me. There's an anointing over you. You can do this. You just have to believe that you are anointed for more. Never settle for less. There is nothing wrong with your color of the skin. You are the child of the most high God. That is my prayer, and that is what I pray for in the name of Jesus. With this God, all things are possible. You look at that word anointing, or to anoint, it simply means the ability to do something with ease. It's the ability to do something with ease. You are anointed for that. Anointing simply means to be empowered to be consecrated, you know, to be set apart. That is you. But what I've discovered over the years is that we, we know what is anointing, that it breaks the yoke, but we have failed to understand that there are dimensions of anointing. And I call these three dimensions of anointing. I'm not calling it three steps Of anointing, I'm calling them dimensions because there's a huge difference between steps and dimension. Steps is when you take it one step at a time, you move from one step to the other. But when you speak of dimension, it's like you go into the lift, you press level one, and the lift goes that is a dimension. You press level two. It goes. While this other one, they are still taking step by step. We are not called to do ministry step by step. With the anointing of God in you. You were not called to do ministry step by step. You were called to do ministry by dimension. Because it is not by power, it is not by might. It is by the spirit. If it is by the spirit, it must move from one dimension to the other. That is how this thing operates. Yeah. How are you in found is a siang man? So three types. Three dimension of anointing. You are the readers of the word. You know it. The first one is what we call a leper's anointing. Leper's anointing, according to Leviticus chapter 14, you can write it down from chapter 14, from verse 13 going upwards to 18. When somebody was found having leprosy, they will move them, out of the community and put them aside and they'll assign a priest to go and check and anoint this person with leprosy and it will be the priest when they've recovered to declare them you know healed or whole it's what we call the anointing of salvation so they are saved from sin to you know to to, to salvation to life and this is what all of us we have received when we came to Jesus we're in darkness and then so, it's like we, we had this leprosy, which is called sin. So, we were saved from that leprosy, and then we got salvation. All of us, we were anointed in this first level of anointing. Every Christian must get this anointing. Unfortunately, most of our church members, they got the first anointing, and in Basibaya came They didn't understand that there is still another level. For the mere fact that you are saved, it does not mean it is over. You still have other responsibilities. You must actually move into the second anointing, which is what we call priestly anointing. Are you with me? Priestly anointing. You find that in the book of Second Peter chapter 2. Okay, you are the chosen, you're a nation, a royal priesthood. You know, the, the scripture is very clear that you, you were removed from darkness now into wonderful light so that you can do the works of the priest. This is what we do every Sunday. We come in, we give offering. We come in, we, we, we sing praises as priests, am I right? And then that is the work of the priest. We minister. You know, priestly anointing simply means you are standing on behalf of people to God or on behalf of God to people. This is what we do on the daily basis on Sunday. But here's the problem. The church of Jesus. See Velesa Kemper. Good priestly anointing. Must prophet as prophet and See prophetana I'm a prophet. I see you prospering in the next three months. I see you, you know, growing in the th- in the next six months. Now my prophecy is just for the priestly, it's in the priestly environment. You know, we're just edifying one another, one another. Every Sunday, in and out, we have camped right there. We are happy with the priestly anointing, and we are doing it very well. But for years and decades, we have never stepped into the third anointing, which is what I call the kingly anointing. When I'm saying you are anointed for more, look at that anointing, what it has done there. As it drops, it gives you the picture of a crown. You are anointed for more. How I wish the kings, they would understand why their crown was designed like that. It's a crown that says there is more expected from you. But as the body of Christ, we have never stepped into the kingly anointing. Kingly anointing, it simply means now it is time for you to exercise authority. It is time for you to govern You move beyond the walls of a church. And you begin now to exercise the authority that is given unto you by God himself. Here is David. He has been a shepherd. He has been a priest for some time. When he's anointed, you see him moving from the priestly anointing. He even organized a guy to look after the flock. Because now, it was for him to to be elevated to another level. Now, he promotes somebody who must actually take the role of a priest. But he himself, he is taking another responsibility. The first thing that he does, he faces the giant of the day by the name of Goliath. Because kings, when they are anointed, when we step into this thing, the first thing that we we face or we are going to face is the giant of the day and the giants these are the ones that are threatening the nation these are the ones that are threatening our people but because you are anointed for more look at this young man he says who is this uncircumcised philistine when the anointing the kingly anointing is upon you whatever it's a threat to the nation to you you look at it and say who is this uncircumcised philistine because now you've got this authority you don't fear you understand? You have been anointed for more. You have been anointed, you know, so that you can deal with these matters. And church of Jesus, I want to say to you, we need to be elevated to that level where we become kings. We understand our role or would we need to go beyond the, the, the walls of the church and then we face the real matters. Here is another example. Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a priest. He was serving the king. He was serving. Before the king could actually partake on wine, Nehemiah will test the the, 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 the wine of the king. He was comfortable in that environment until he was anointed to another level. But how did he manage to to, to step into that anointing or the kingly anointing? There are a few things. I don't have time for that. But number one is acquired. He acquired knowledge. He acquired knowledge. When that gentleman came in, he asked him, you know, what is happening with my people in, in, in Jerusalem? He told them that they are in a serious problem. If you don't have a new information about your surrounding, you'll be comfortable where you are. If you are not exposed about your surrounding in your community, you'll be comfortable where you are. When they told him that they are not in a good space, the Bible says he wept, he cried, he prayed. And I strongly believe that is when God anointed him, you know, with the kingly anointing. He goes back and the king look at him and say, what is wrong? What is wrong with you? He says nothing. He says, no, 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 no. There is something that is in you. I can tell when I look at your eyes. When you are anointed as a king, you cannot hide it. When you are anointed as a king, even the people around you will see. Good no, this is not just an ordinary person. Kingly anointing. But let me break this down. Think down for you because the big question is how how to be anointed for more as much as you are anointed it's like how do I activate this anointing it's not how to be anointed for more but how to to activate this anointing that is in the inside of you with Nehemiah it was activated by acquiring information are you with me By making room for more. But today, how do you activate this anointing? Number one, have a revelation of who you are. Or have a revelation of your calling. Have a revelation of who you are. Now, I want to give you this verse right there. Listen to what the writer says. The writer says, I have seen slaves, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 7. I have seen slaves on horses. And princes walking on the ground like slaves. I have seen slaves on horses. And princess walking on the ground like slaves. Something is wrong here. The writer is looking at us. He's looking at the body of Christ. But here are the people who understand the anointing. Here are the people who have been anointed as kings and princesses. But there is something strange here. Those who are supposed to govern because to ride simply means you need to govern this monster. You need to guide this monster, this horse. You need to direct, you need to tame this horse. No, he says, those who have tamed and those who are riding are slaves. They have taken control of this monster. And the kings and the princesses, they are walking. It's like they are comfortable that slaves are ruling. Here is my problem with the slave mentality. Here is my problem with the slave mentality. Slaves They don't know how to govern. Because somebody has been governing them. Slaves, they don't know what is ownership. That is why whatever they have, they will destroy it. Because they they, they don't know what is ownership. Can I go deeper? Say, go deeper, Papa. (laughs) Slaves, they don't know what is legacy. Slave mentality does not speak of legacy. It's It's a strange language to them. You cannot speak future about tomorrow with the slaves. That is why even when God dropped a manna to them, And said, just take for today. I will provide for tomorrow. They said, ah, 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 ah. We cannot trust you for tomorrow. We just want to eat everything today. You know, they even take, and, and and for today. Are you with me, Mazarwan? They don't understand. They don't understand that language of responsibility. They don't understand the language of legacy. They don't understand the language of sufficiency, that there is still more for everybody. Slaves, they think there's a shortage of resources. So if they think like that, they will take everything for themselves because they don't understand that there is more for everybody. Now the writer says, these are the ones who are riding. Today we are stressing big time, a budget speech,. And those who are taxpayers, they're going to feel it once again. They will punish you that you are making money because slaves, they don't understand why you must make more <laughs> while we don't have. They're going to take it from you. That is the mentality of a slave. They just want to take from those who have. The number number So, it is time for the kings and the princesses to take their rightful position. You are anointed for more. You are anointed to ride. You are anointed to govern. I don't want to go back to the book of Luke chapter 10 when it talks about the Samaritan and the priest and the Levite. The first person To appear in a crime scene, it's a priest. But he does nothing with the situation. The Levite comes, he does nothing with the situation. But look at the king when he appears. He's not even walking. He is riding. These pictures are troubling me. How can the priest, somebody with the covenant with God, he is riding in a dangerous road. He is riding in a dangerous road, on the dangerous... We are, he's riding. And a Samaritan, he comes on the very same road. He is not walking, but he is riding. What does that mean, Bazalwane? He has authority. He has a perspective about the area, Aguyo. We are born because he's elevated. Lalelan, Bazalwane, the days of us walking and just settling for less is compromising our lives. And we are compromising the lives of our next children and the next generation it is time for us to step into the right position and begin to govern. I don't know what is the meaning of that. How do you interpret that? But I'm saying to you, as a church, govern as a church in your community. Be relevant. This guy, to a wounded person, I don't know where he got the first aid, but he had something. The Bible says he cleansed the wounds. Okay? He pours some oil. For an argument's sake, I don't think he had a bandage those days. Probably, which is what the commentary says, he had to take the piece of his own cloth and bandage the guy. That takes a sacrifice, Mseba. Remember those days, you were identified with the robe that you were wearing. And the more status you had, George, the more status you had, the more expensive the garment was. So this was not an ordinary man. This was not an ordinary man, but because he was prepared to be relevant and to promote and and to reveal God to this man. He was even prepared to take a piece of his garment and bandage somebody who was wounded so that he can empower him and make sure that he wins that soul. Most of us, we want to be elevated, yet we don't want to sacrifice. We don't want to lose a part of what God has given unto us. We don't even want to lose our status. We don't even want to come down. The problem of the church for many years is that people are wounded right there. But we want to serve them while we are here. We don't want to come down and serve them at that level. We want to serve them while we are here. Let the the anointing touch you. Let the anointing touch you. But we don't come down and serve them. We are not even prepared to lose what we have. Take a piece of what belongs to you. Something that's going to cost you. This guy was prepared to do that. Take a piece of my cloth. And let me punish this guy. Took him to his own donkey. Took him to the inn. He said to the innkeeper, take care of him. Whatever you spend, it will be on me. They did not even doubt him. Because his reputation followed him. But he humbled the house of Zabuzo Badal. Unabanye, yeah. in Negum Cosam. Malans are titled eight thousand randyak. Yegusambon. Yegusambon. Got owing Nego. Praise the name of Jesus. But this guy, this guy. So I was saying. Have a revelation of who you are. Did you hear what I said? And number two, number two, be faithful with the little that you have. You need to be faithful with the little that you have. If you are faithful with the little that you have, it's just going to open doors to the next anointing. Now, in the book of Luke, I think it's chapter 19, it talks about this man who was called to come to his country so that he can be ordained as a king. And the Bible says, and then he had to give one mina to all his servants. He says, here's your mina, here's your mina, here's your mina. And then other translation, it says money. You know, it's not more about talents, but it says money. And these are the words of Jesus, occupy until I come. So when this guy arrived there, he he was not treated very well, and he had to come back. When he comes back, and then he begins to say to the servants, and then let me see what you have done with the minas that I have given you. And you know those ones who made an excuse, not it because we always have an excuse. You know, the environment in Sevaguyo is very dry. You know. Yeah. It's very dry. The people in this area they don't believe. The people in this area they're not working. You know, these people in this area they don't want God. You know, and then we always have a reason. Always have a reason why things are not done. I don't have that. I don't have what my has. I don't have what they have. So we, we, we know. We know this guy. Mercy, my brother. You are just putting yourself more into a hole. But the king is not going to take that as an excuse. He said, I have given you Amina. I have given you Amina. What have you done? What have you done with the anointing that has been deposited in your life? Do you understand what is it that has been deposited in your life? Do you understand? Can, can you imagine David after being anointed king? If he decided that I'm not going to step into that rank, I'm not going to step into that position, I'm just going to camp into my closet. Do you understand what has been given unto you? I see others with the very same anointing now. They, 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 they are playing wrestling in the church. With the anointing. But watch. Watch. Others, they are playing soccer. With the anointing and say, boo! And then somebody will touch the ball and fall. Watch, 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 watch. Watch. Ha! I will up. And so what? And so what? And so what? Is that anointing for that? There's more into that, Bazal. on Sunday, I prophesy. Because that is what the anointing can do. What have you done with the anointing? And the Lord, the king, says, Bam, on that verse. Uh now, because you have been faithful with a little. Now I will make sure that you're going to be in authority or you're going to rule over ten cities. He says ten cities, not even one. Because it is kings who can give cities. Kings can give you cities. So it is totally different from that talent. Now you're going to... I'm giving you cities. Because you've got anointing for more. Be faithful with the little that you have. Be faithful with the little. In the next three, four minutes that is remaining, be faithful with the little that you have. If God has called you something, be faithful with the little. You see this, this pulpit, not that one. We had an ugly pulpit here. And I was not even aware that this pulpit is ugly. Because sometimes you own things for too long. And then as the time goes on, and then they, uh, you, they lose value. And when not uh, because you treasure them so much, you don't even see that they are out of touch. So a guy comes and sits here, man. After the service, he says, this, I pulpit and then here is the 15,000. Go to this place, order a pulpit. pulpit And then he gives me that 15,000. And then the next Sunday, guess what? There's a pulpit. The new pulpit. At that time, we needed chairs. But that was not money for the chairs. That was not money for the chairs. That was money for the pulpit. These are the mistakes that we make as ministers. Somebody is charged by God to give you money for a specific thing. When with your authority and say, I'm going to use that money for that thing. Imagine if that guy comes the other Sunday, the second Sunday, he gave you money, and then but the pulpit is still there. You will lose that guy forever because you were not faithful in small things. Yeah. So it has been a principle in all our campuses: to be faithful with the little that you have. When somebody says, "I'm giving you this for that," keep that money for that. For how long we have been taking Imaliye building project? I'm saying that with with humility. 20 years down the line, it looks like I call it Imaliye building project. But all that we see, we see the pastor changing cars, taking the latest model, And we become a laughing stock out there. We're talking about church growth. If we really want to grow and be on the cutting edge, let us put these things in place. Be faithful with small things. Be faithful with small things. We knew that there were things that were supposed to to be happening here. The seven cities that I've been driving... I've owned that car for 18 years. I think I was 14 loan. When I told him I love a new car, the money that was coming in was for the building. I took that money for the building. A few weeks ago, that's when I changed the car. <laughs> I can pack anything here, my brother. I can pack anything there. And whoever wants to talk, let them talk. But I can show and say, this is what we have done for the Lord. Let us do it to the glory of God, Basil. I'm encouraging you. Those things, they will come. First and first. First and first. First and first, and you will see what the Lord will do. The last point here. What is the last point? I said, have a revelation of who you are, and then be faithful in, small, in, this, in the little that God has given you. And then number three, step into his greatness. I will touch this and, uh, with, 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 with the senior pastors, okay? And senior pastors only. Please. Because I'll be standing there and I'll be standing there and I'll be standing we and I'll be standing there and I'll be standing there and I'll be i need senior pastors. I'll be there are seeds. You don't just wake up and then find yourself being great. But all that I'm saying to you, you are anointed for more. You just have to step into that anointing. But there's no need. For more power. For they must never intimidate you. They must never intimidate you. Because people, they are trying a month. You know, during the week, and on Sunday, and then no, things like that. Things like that. Then is cut. You can push for a certain season. will come to an end. But stick to the anointing. Stick to the anointing. Stick to the anointing. There's a scripture in the book of Isaiah, as I close, when it talks about the anointing, that the anointing breaks the yoke. yoke. Now, the context of that scripture is from the context of a sheep. One translation, it says, the oil from the neck will break the yoke. So it says, as the sheep is fed, even if there's a yoke, there's this anointing that will grow around the neck. And automatically, this anointing will break the yoke. From within, breaking the things on the outside. This is who you are. When the Bible says the anointing will break the yoke, There is this power in the inside of you. Designed by God. It will just break those challenges, whatever the yoke. And that is my prayer over your life. In the name of Jesus. Can we pray together from this man? Please stand on your feet. Remember, I believe in you. I believe in African pastors. I believe in the call of God that is upon you. We are not one of those people who are saying when you ask them, God, there are practical things that we also do that will make a ministry to grow. And we want to share those secrets. And then there are people as well here who are doing absolutely well. We're also going to give them an opportunity to share because it's not like...